my goodness, it's time to record another podcast, and I am super excited. This week we have special guest Jennifer Davis, which you guys are in for a treat. This is my best friend. Why do I say this is my college best friend is how I describe it because I've got different classifications, right? And she's here today. She's going to help sub in for Mrs. Jess McGovern while she's on maternity leave. Hey! So, um, tell them where you are. Where are they, where are they, where, where, who are you? Where can they find you? What's up with you? Um, well, I'm Jen. I, well, Jennifer Davis. Um, and my friends call me Jen. Uh, and probably the best place to find me is on Instagram at reinventing underscore Jen, J-E-N-N. The right way to spell it. Yep. <laughs> and your if you still have T nine in your phone, it'll auto correct it to Leon. Just so you know. Yes, Leon also known. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, as I mentioned, my, my good friend Jen and I we go way way back. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I just saw this like come up on Facebook the other day. It my kid's thirteen, which means we've been friends for fourteen years. That's insane. It's crazy. It doesn't even feel like it's been fourteen years. So we we met in college. I love the story. Jen always tells it. I was her RA. It was my second year at um, Iowa Western. It was your first year, and you said I was a loud mouth or something. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. Um, and <laughs> you called me Jennifer Marquez because that was, was my name at one point in my life. <laughs> you and called me my name. You're like, no, I'm like, no, it's Jennifer Davis. You're like, no, it's Marquez. I'm like, I think I would know, but, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's how we first met. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny. Cause I obviously, I do very vividly remember, um, that first encounter and meeting, but like, I don't even really remember after that. Honestly, I know that I was hanging out with some, some students which were just people my age, but that's what we call them because I was the RA, right? And somehow by association, like, it was, like, Courtney and Hillary. And I always thought that you knew Courtney and Hillary. But anyways, like, so some way, some, something like that. You guys were, like, doing homework in the commons area. And then it just kind of really just took off from there. We just started hanging out, started seeing each other more. And then um, in that second part of the year, we were, I mean, like, we were, like, immediately close, like, between you, Hillary, and I. Like, it was just crazy fast oh yeah we were inseparable I mean anytime you would see us somewhere we were always together yeah and then I graduated um I got knocked up in that summer before Cole like we we hung out all the time like we were always going back and forth and then that was I would even say like even for that first the second year when you guys were in school and I'd already graduated I would come back all the time so so that's just like some history we were very close um shortly after having Cole through my tumultuous relationship with Brent which some people know about um, back and forth and off and on. Jen was a huge part of my life. Um, when I had Cole, she moved in with me. We worked at the same place. We were definitely, definitely co-parenting him um, together. She was, she was so helpful as somebody who came from daycare and somebody who I was as a clueless young mother who had no idea what was going on in her personal relationships. Totally distracted by other shit that I shouldn't have been. He was probably very, very fortunate to have you in his life at that time, I would say. <laughs> well, he probably wouldn't think so. I played that discipline role. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But uh, he loves Jen. He, he still to this day loves you to death. So we want, we really want to kind of fast forward over uh, to, it's kind of like where we are now as women, as adults, which is just crazy. Um, when we met each other, we were both incredibly unhealthy people. Would you agree? 
Absolutely. Yeah, and not even really aware of it. More... Yeah, well, and well, maybe not. I think we were both aware of it. I think we both knew that one, we were in unhealthy relationships after relationships, and then two, we didn't take care of ourselves, but we were kind of okay with it. We were both extremely confident women. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, yeah, we can get, we can still get guys. We still have friends. Like we're still active to the extent of we go and buy groceries. <laughs> and, um, we, we were okay with the way we were living. And I, I have been most of my life been okay with the way I was, Yeah, but things drastically changed. Yeah, I would agree with that too. You know, I I, I I tell people that all the time is like, it, it's almost bizarre to me because I was not uncomfortable in my body until after I had Olivia, which is so weird because I obviously had Cole and I was obviously pregnant. Um, so it, it was, it, it was that. It was not even denial to me, but it was also partially because I think you can relate to this. It just always was the way that it was. Like the, the earliest memories I have were being overweight and unhealthy and having high cholesterol before I was in kindergarten. So I just don't think I knew any other way than just to feel the way that I was feeling. Right. And um, honestly, we made the best of the life that we had. So, I mean, nobody, like everybody around us thought that we were happy. We might not have looked a certain way, but everybody thought that we were happy because that's how we felt. And we truly felt that way. I do believe that. Um, I think there were moments in time, like, you know, whenever we were living together, you know, that's when you went through your weight loss surgery. Mm -hmm. And I think at at that time there was a glimmer of, Hey, I think I'm going to change my lifestyle and the way I'm living. And I wasn't ready at all to hear about that, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) which, which maybe didn't help you in your success either, you know, with weight loss surgery, because I was like, no, no way, no how. I'm still going to hoo-ha every weekend. Like, this is happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what Jen's talking about, that that was one of the things that we really, we thought we would want to talk about today is we've covered podcasts and topics before about weight release. Um, This, this is a really a poignant conversation because we both have had um, whatever you want to call it, weight loss surgery is just the easiest thing. Um, And Jen's right. Like, we were living together when I opted to go through my surgery um, and that was what we were, we were, I mean, we were very much unhealthy in every right, I would say, but mostly like the most obvious because it's an external factor was that I was carrying around 250 pounds, um, for myself. And that was when I decided to have it. And you were very overweight too. Then so was, so mm-hmm. I mean, most of the people we hung out with were, because like what you said, when we were making the best of it, that's true. I had zero regrets about eating McDonald's or going to Hoo Hot or whatever. Those were things we did together and we had a fun time. So even in that moment, it was never a moment of, we shouldn't be doing this. Like I never thought that almost, almost never, almost never. No, but absolutely. And we, I mean, you and I grew up the same way. Like we, we ate the same types of foods, and so it's easy for us to, one, hang out together because we loved the same junk food. Mm-hmm. Like, we weren't ever judging each other by what we were eating, um, and neither were our friends. Like you said, the majority of our friends were also unhealthy. I mean, our skinny friends were eat, also eating out with us every single day, and they love chicken nuggets. I mean, <laughs> so that's, that's the way that we just grew up, <laughs> and, and that's okay. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, a lot of us did grow up that way. Um, I guess the, the good thing is, is that we now have changed a little bit and that's going to help your kids and eventually my kids and things like that. So hopefully we can just 
make things a little bit better for our future generations. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Cause that, that is a lot of it is like, I feel I think that when I was back and forth and back and forth between dieting, I, I did blame so much of it on how can you just not know better? Like you should know better. Like it's just eating less in and working out or eating better and working out or whatever. And it was so much more of that. Like when, when, when I had lap band surgery, um, you know, like we'll come back to that, but like, there was nothing emotionally or internally that had changed about my nutrition. Like they made me go through therapy to like prove that I was sound to be able to, to have, but like that should have been more like that was like two to three sessions to make sure. Do you understand how this procedure works and that you should be in the right mindset was basically the clearance section of it. And it was like, ah, no, it really should have been like, what kind of foods did your mom feed you? What do you do when you're bored, when you're angry, when you're upset, when you're celebratory, like, you know, like all of those things. Because we did the best we could with what we knew. And I, I feel that way about my parents as well. Like, I never hold any judgment against them because, you know, they grew up fresher foods, more access to things like that because that was just the way that it was. But then they also then were immediately in the everything is frozen and you can reheat it thing where the convenience was it. And I just assumed that the SpaghettiOs that were being fed to me and the ramen noodles were food. They were food because they were being given to me by somebody I loved, you know? Yep, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, we've had some really good times with some really good food, man. Everything, that was pretty much what our lives cycled around. Like, our social, everything we did was, you come to town and it'd be the first thing we would do is go to the store and get a grocery grocery cart full of snacks and drinks, was it not? Oh, yeah. Ruffles and French onion dip was the first thing that we'd get. I mean, we would... <laughs> and vodka. some freaking ruffles and French onion dip. And lasagna. Uh-huh. And... My chili, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Your chili is still a recipe <laughs> favorite in our house, by the way. Together. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I went through the lap <laughs> surgery. Jen and I were living together at the time. Um, I remember she even brought Cole to the, the hospital. She kept him overnight for me. Brent and I were not in the best place when I was going through that surgery. So um, um, I chose lap band surgery um, I would say almost out of guilt because when I got lap band, the um, – the bariatric surgeries were still pretty popular, like gastric bypass. And the new thing was the sleeve at the time, but it was still so new that a lot of people weren't really into it. But Latvian was the thing. And I chose it out of guilt because it made me feel like I would still, quote unquote, have to be responsible for my decisions because it didn't change anything except for really the speed at what I was putting food in my body. And that that's what I could say about it now, but that's not really what I thought about at the time. So if you're unfamiliar, it's literally that you, you have surgery, they put a tube around your esophagus, and then there's a port, that a very large needle from the outside of your body. You can stick the port, you can stick into the port and fill it, and fill it up and take it out with fluid. And so the tighter the band goes, the tighter your esophagus is, so it's harder for your food to get down. Um, and I, as soon as I had the surgery, like I was just paranoid. So I had that damn thing as tight as it could be. Cause my philosophy was that if it's hard to eat, I won't eat. That did not happen. <laughs> did not happen. It was the opposite. <laughs> um, so tell them a little bit about what, which option you chose to go with Jen, uh, and why. Um, so I had the vertical gastric sleeve surgery. So VSG, um, and, um, the reason why I chose it, um, because it was permanent, because um, it wasn't something that, um, yes, you can stretch out your stomach again if you start to do bad habits and overeat and things like that. 
but it was definitely something that I didn't have to continue going and getting adjusted, like the lap band, things like that. Um, it wasn't as invasive as gastric uh, bypass is, so they don't have to move around your intestines and things like that, but they have to with the sleeve, um, the bypass. So that's why I chose it. Um, that's why I looked into it, I should say. The reason why I chose it was because of I found a really good doctor and um, I went to like the consultation and I fell in love with him. Like not in the, the romantic. Like, yeah, I wasn't romantically in love with him. I just loved his, the way that he talked to you. It was like, hey, just so you know, this isn't gonna, gonna fix everything for you. This isn't, he gave it to you hard and fast. And that's what I liked. Um, I just give it to me straight and I'll wrap my own head around it. And that's what I did. And the program was amazing that I went through. And it was a long program. It wasn't like, hey, you could decide tomorrow that you have this. And then the next day you, you know, you have surgery. That's not what happened. Um, it was a seven month process that I went through. And I think that's what's helped with my success and hopefully my continued success. Not hopefully. You're killing it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And one of the things that I, I mean, you can, I mean, you just never know. You, well, you don't, you don't ever know, but I mean, can you tell me like, what do you feel like now? Like I can say without a doubt that even though so long ago I had lap band surgery and that didn't quote unquote take, I, I don't like to use that phrase because it did what it was supposed to. And I did lose like 50 pounds when I was using it, using it to what it was supposed to be. But it wasn't even what it was supposed to be. It was just a very uncomfortable journey for um, the better part of a decade that I had that. Um, and it was after I actually had Olivia, quite ironically, when I was in the hospital with recovery, that I was um, I was getting heartburn, like acid reflux, which you're supposed to get when you're pregnant, not right after you have the baby. And um, I couldn't eat anything. Like nothing was staying down. So I actually got really fearful. I called my sister, who's a nurse, and she's like, yeah, you should probably just get in like real quick. And so I did, they actually took all of the fluid out of the band. And that was just like the most relief I had felt in inside my physical body in years, because it was finally like there was zero restriction, which also fed my anxiety. Cause I'm like, well shit, now the, now the shoot's open, what you going to do? You know what I mean? But, but what I say is that that was, you know, that was when Olivia was born. And then everything for me really kind of took place probably about a year, year and a half after that. And I sit where I sit now and I can tell you without a doubt that I will never weigh 250 pounds again. Um, and it's not out of ego. It's because I finally feel the connection that I wouldn't have been able to say even after surgery that I found in myself in terms of the emotional healing that was a necessity to have all of the pieces connect to figure out why I do the things that I do and so on and so forth. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, I am still dealing with the emotional side of eating and um, I think I always will and um, I would also say that I have an addiction and that addiction is not going to go away overnight it's always going to be a struggle just like any other addiction um, so you know there's still times whenever I'll binge and that's not okay <laughs> a lot of it and I'll be honest a lot of it's whenever I'm around my friends and that's that's what happens because like we talked about food's our thing we get together we binge mm -hmm. and um I think it's a little bit better now because a lot of my friends are honestly on the same journey that I am so we try to kind of hold each other accountable or we have better healthier foods to eat and I've also done better with bringing 
healthier foods to eat with me for circumstances like that. But that's when I find myself doing it the most is when I'm around my friends. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it, and I don't even think it's just like a, a social circle of our issue. Like I just like, that was what, what part of that connection was for me with, um, you know, Tony's mom saying like, I was just tired of my life revolving around food, you know, weddings, baby showers, graduations, everything we do, including funerals revolves around planning a food, especially with friends and family. So I don't think that's abnormal at all for people to have that. And it, it again, it's just a comfort thing. And it's just so crazy because like, have you ever seen like, I don't think I was talking, I was watching a comedy show where this guy was like, you know, at home when you have spaghetti, you have spaghetti. But for some reason, when you're in a restaurant, you find the need to eat an entire loaf of bread before you have the spaghetti. And it, and that's, that's that power behind the experience and what we wrap into it. It's the same thing. I remember like that last time we went to Blue and you remember how much fucking food we all were like, I'm going to eat half of the menu. And we did. Oh, and we yeah. did. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do remember. Oh, blue balls. Yeah, um, they're so good. They're so good. But, um, but no, yeah, I, I think I had, I, I definitely had a turning point, um, when I'm just going to go into it a little bit. So whenever, um, my 30th birthday, um, my boyfriend and I had planned a day around food and, um, I was at my biggest, I was 400 and 16 pounds that's the that's about the weight that I knew that I weighed at I'm not quite sure if that's the heaviest I was ever yeah but 416 pounds and went to a very expensive restaurant and spent over 250 dollars on dinner and I could not fit in the chair and um it was the most embarrassing thing that ever happened in my life that I had we had to pay the waiter an extra 20 dollars for us to be able to move to an uncomfortable booth but it was because my ass wouldn't fit in the chair. And that was eye-opening. Um, throughout my 30th year, things got worse, like my knees, I couldn't move, I couldn't walk up and down stairs. Um, and that was eye-opening. That's when I decided I needed to do something. Um, and then <laughs> that, that's when I told all of my friends and family, coworkers, especially my coworkers, I wanted them to know that I was gonna be on a journey because I'm around them 80% of my life. So I told them, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start down this healthy path. And I think I'm going to start with barrels. And I started doing kickboxing and it was a 10 week program and I made it to the eighth week, hurt my knee, had to stop. And so I'm like, what do I do now? And that's when I started looking into surgeries and okay, I need something that's going to help me with my, because I loved exercising. I loved kickboxing. It was so much fun. I loved going and doing it. I remember having a conversation with you that February. And so this was 2008, 2019, February of 2019. You're like, I just want to do something. I need to be more active. And I'm like, you got to do it. It's so like, once you get going, that's the hardest part is getting going and getting started. That's the hardest part. But once you start, you won't want to stop. And then that's when you started exercising and doing, you know, uh, the bike and things like that. And it was fun to watch your journey start too. But then here I was with a busted knee and I couldn't do anything. And that's when I decided to have surgery. And that's when I started looking into it in May of 2019 is when I started the program. So it, it's, it's been a long journey, but it's worth it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think it bears, I mean, it goes without saying, but bears repeating, like, just in case people are curious, it is not like, of course, that we just decided overnight to have surgery. Like, we're telling you, number one, we were very unhealthy all of our lives, and I mean, between the two of us, I'm sure we probably tried just about any kind and every kind of diet that there was, including meal delivery systems and point systems and, and just starving yourself and doing fad things and so on and so forth. And that's generally part of a program anyway that's required by the doctor is like you have to show proof somehow that you have done those things, whether it's books you've owned or receipts that you did or whatever. You know, that's a due diligence that they take upon themselves, which I think is really important because none of that shit works. <laughs> So, so yeah. it's important to note that, by the way. Um, it wasn't just a, a light decision that we both decided to get into. Um, there was research. But I tell them a little bit about your program because, as I mentioned, mine was very short. It was um, – there was requirements to it, but it was – it was very – I don't, I don't want to say it was easy to get around because that's not what I did. I definitely followed the steps, but I had also basically already done all of the things besides the therapy um, prior. Yeah. So um... – I had been through three years of therapy. I mean, it was uh, not necessarily all weight related, but I had I had been going to a therapist. So she um, first had to have a referral of some sort to my um, doctor. And it was the Iowa Weight Loss uh, Specialty Center is where I went. And um, whenever I went for my consultation, they advised me because I was going to be using insurance that I would have to be on a, uh, I think they, they call it like a medical weight loss program for the first six months. So I would have to go in monthly and weigh in and talk about, I'd visit a dietitian every time I went in, weighed in, talk to the doctor every single time. Um, and I would talk to a dietitian and I think a physical therapist every once in a while to talk about my physical activity, which was non-existent before surgery. Um, so besides walking. So that first six months, I I believe I lost like 21 pounds, 22 pounds during six, the six month process. Um, then I had to, before, uh, before my surgery, I had passed a mental evaluation. Um, I did not pass the first one. So I had to have three more visits with the mental health specialist in office. So she's the person that directly approves it. Um, so she knows what she's looking for. I mean, she sees bingers, she seen, sees people with eating disorders, you know, multiple things. Um, so yeah, and uh, so I had to get through that. And then um, once my surgery date was set, which my surgery date, they called me three days prior to um, when they wanted me to start my, my uh, pre-surgery diet, which the pre-surgery diet is a two-week um, 1,500 calorie. Now, when you're going from eating 5,000 calories a day or something like that to where I was on this medical weight loss um, evaluation program, and I probably went to about 2,000 calories a day, then down to 1,500. It was drastic. So I was on that drastic 1,500-calorie diet uh, for two weeks. Then they put you on a liquid diet for two days prior to your surgery. Um, the two weeks, my birthday fell on. And then um, the day after my birthday was when I went on my two-day liquid diet. 
it was the worst birthday ever. I couldn't have cake. I couldn't even, like, I had friends come to town. We went to a comedy club. Like, I couldn't have drinks. I couldn't, I was just, it was awful. But I made it through. And I'm so glad that I did that because that's what got me. That's what, that's how I knew that I could get past the mental part of all of it was the six months and then the two weeks and, you know, the liquid diet. So I'm, I'm glad I had that process and thankful that I did. Yeah, because if you can do that on your birthday of all times, like, you can pretty much survive just about anything, I would think. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so that's, that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, it is a similar journey, I would think, for most people that you, if you, if, if your doctor student, right, they're going to have some type of system that they're going to have you go through for sure. Um, to say the least, I would say. Uh, so I think that, like, with my journey it was um there was i i don't i mean like i just don't know what could have been different but i don't really care i mean it doesn't matter because it just it had to be the way that it was um and it was funny because like you had said like it is easier today for sure it's it, i'm so grateful that I, you guys are so cool because i i, I don't i don't think, i can't say that i've ever really been in a position of like a lot of pressure to like cave and you know not eat better or whatever from society or friends or whatever but it still does I mean it's not even just about necessarily you know like being able to make better choices because you're around those people it's just because your your people are doing it too they they want to live happier healthier lives like you had said in part those types of things to your kids so it allows for your friendships to continue in the way that they're supposed to because you're you're still around like-minded individuals you guys have all just evolved together Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say that. I think though, I think that's what sometimes I think the failure, I wouldn't call it a failure, but the fact that you didn't succeed as much as you wanted to was because nobody else around you was being healthy. Nobody. I mean, the two people that you lived with didn't give a shit that you did that. <laughs> so, I mean, we cared for you, me and Brent, we cared for you and we were doing things, but we didn't change our habits. Um, you know, and we didn't encourage you to get off the couch and go exercise. We didn't help you cook healthier meals. Like you could have been more successful if you had people around you that were more supportive and, and, you know, there for you. And honestly, that's what I've had since I decided to do that. And that's why I told everybody too, because if everybody was like, well, why are you eating like a bird? They'd be like, here, eat more, you know? Instead, I was open and honest with everybody, like, hey, this is what I'm doing, and hopefully you can support it, and if you have any questions, talk to me about it. Um, you know, Brandon went to the first consult with me, and we left, and he goes, I don't think you can do this. And I said, really? <laughs> I said, so it encouraged, you know, like, it pushed me more to want to do it. So Brandon's my boyfriend, longtime boyfriend of five years, and he said, he knows me, like, he knows me better than anybody else. And he sees me every day in the food that I eat. And he was like, I don't, I don't think you can do it. Um, there was a lot to that. His, and the reason why he said he didn't think I could do it was one, because I loved Coca-Cola and they were like, you have to drink no pop. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way, like I have to have Coke. Um, but so that was his main reason of why he didn't think I could do it. But then also I mean, there was just so many restrictions whenever it came to protein and how much water you had to get in and things like that, that he, he, he just 
didn't think I could, and I've proved him wrong. He's even said it. He's proved me way wrong. So that's good, and I love to prove him wrong, so there we go. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's that's so fantastic. Uh, so where are you at now? Like, what do you feel like? Like, Because, um, like, you told – you told everybody like where you started, but tell them where you're at now. And like, what are the kinds of things that are, are considered your new lifestyle now? So, yeah, I am approximately 13, 14 um, months out and I am down 150 pounds as of last week. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's good stuff. Um, my daily calorie goals are about 1400 calories a day. Um, mainly focusing on protein, um, trying to get in good, healthy carbs. Um, I work out six to seven times a week for at least a half an hour, um, a day. Currently I am doing a step bet, which requires me to walk a lot. (laughs) Um, so I also do that on top of the workout. Um, my goals right now, physically, I mean, yeah, I want to lose more weight because I have more weight to lose but honestly I'm working on toning and I've just started like lifting um and strength training and stuff like that which I thoroughly enjoy um but I really like cardio too so I don't know I'm just I'm living my life full you know happier and fuller than I've ever lived it before um definitely way more active um the healthiest I've ever been you know I played sports throughout high school but I can say that I've never been this healthy um or fit in my whole life so I'm yeah just loving my life so how could you say like what would you say has changed like with that activity so you're doing physical activity which I know has to cut into something like tv netflix tv show something like that so how has that changed that side of your life Oh, no, girl, I still watch my Bravo shows. Uh, <laughs> I still watch Smut TV. I love it. <laughs> I can't believe you gave it up. I can't believe you gave it up. I love it. So, anyway. But is it, <laughs> that is kind of a shocker, is it not? Yeah, it's a shocker. I mean, I, when you told me you gave up all that, I'm like, there's no way. I love Teen Mom. I just can't. <laughs> uh, but... No, I, I am a morning person, so I knew my, – so my whole thing was I'm never going to work out if I do it in the afternoons because I'm going to talk myself out of it by the end of the day. I'm going to go through work. I'm going to be so tired. I'm going to be mentally exhausted that I'm not going to want to physically do anything after work. So I wake up at 5 o'clock every morning. Um, I have to be at work at 7, so I wake up at 5 and get my workout in, get showered, get ready for work, and – um, that's just what I do on a daily basis. And now even on the weekends, I'm waking up at at least six o'clock and working out every day. So just getting in a routine. Yeah. I like very much what you said though, is that you are living your fullest life now, which is, that's the accurate portion of it. I think when the, when the connection is beyond just the weight loss, as we talked about, that's it. It's the if it's finally is it, because sometimes like when I would lose weight like on a, a weight loss program or something it still felt very restrictive it still felt like it was out of sacrifice it still felt like it was like pulling teeth because it wasn't a way of life it was just whatever like where I'm at now I just feel so much more ease and so much more flow and like you had said like 
Like, you would have never convinced me three years ago that I would have been somebody who could have even, like, run down the block with not only, like, not necessarily losing my breath, but really enjoy it and not be embarrassed by it and, like, just appreciate what it does to my body and stuff like that and having that different view of it. That's the thing, Laura, I can guarantee for you where I'm not going to ever say that I'm not going to put on 10 to 15 pounds, but I know for a fact I will never be that unhealthy again. Yeah, and I... I Here's my thing. I never say never, so I can't say I'm, I would never get back there again. However, I will say that um, I'm always going to enjoy working out. Like, And I've always enjoyed physical activity. So um, now that I'm in the routine of doing something, I'm a very routine person. So you give me a schedule, and I will be there at the time that I say I'm going to be there. So if I stay on routine of working out or even just making my meals ahead of time or whatever it is, um, I'm going to be able to do that. So as long as I stay consistent in those things, I will be successful. Um, and that's just with everything in life. If, if you're consistent, you're going to have success. Um, so that, that, I mean, that's a big takeaway. The one thing I wanted to mention about weight loss in general, and I wanted to ask you, do you feel like, well, one, you, you've gotten people to listen to you to an extent, like, you obviously have people that look for you for advice and things like that. But I feel like people just listen so much more now that I am thinner. They listen to what I have to say, my opinions about things, whether it's about weight loss, whether it's about the color of shoes you should be wearing. They are listening more now than they have ever. Yes. Do you also find that, like, just in general, like, in public, like, it's just, like, people, like, are they're friendlier to you, they actually, like, smile at you, they will talk to you, whatever. Do you notice that, too? Uh, 100%. Yes. And I, I would never tell my boyfriend this, but men are different. 100% different. Yeah. Um, you know, before, it was always, I'm your friend first, and we're, we're joking or whatever, but that's not what it's like anymore. Right. There's um, actual attention coming. Not that coming. I'm wanting that attention. I just get it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that that has happened. And then just today, like, I, I have resting bitch face, so don't talk to me um, kind of thing. Like, don't approach me. And now people are just saying hello whenever they walk by me. And it's like, why the change? So it makes me look at the world completely different. And um, that's, yeah, it's just very interesting. It is very interesting because, yes, you, like, so, like, you, you, I mean, my podcasters, I know, will hear my heart when I say this because it's not the same thing, but it's similar if you had to have an example. It is like being, of like, let's say, like, uh, I'd say, like, a, a safe example potentially is, that, like, let's say a woman from the Middle East where in their culture it's, they prefer to uh, cover up more often. And it, if you're living in Nebraska where it's a dead heat of summer, it's 120 degrees, I don't give a shit because I understand the culture of it. But people will think it's odd that you're dressed that way when it's that hot, right? And so it's the same kind of philosophy is that, like, those are that's clothing, but nobody's going to talk to her or nobody's going to, like, approach her the same way as they would as a white American woman who's 120 pounds. Um, and if you haven't been in the shoes, you don't know. 
And until you have been in both pairs of shoes as the person who is wearing all the clothing and none of the clothing or the person who's heavy and then not as heavy, you you don't know. But it is, it's, it's almost a sad reality when you have that exposure to going, what was wrong with me before? Because there wasn't anything wrong with me before. You just can't see who you think I am because of the skin vessel I was carrying around. Like, that's just, just kind of sad. Right. And, you know, I said the same thing to my sister-in-law. Um, and I said, you know, I my sister-in-law has pretty much been healthy her whole life. She just recently has started to gain some weight. Um, but she's getting back on track now. But she was like, I said it to her. And she's like, really? You feel that way? And I was like, I absolutely do feel that way. And she goes, I think that your personality has changed. She goes, I think you are more outgoing. And you have a smile on your face more. And, and that could be too. I mean, honestly, it could be. I can't see myself from the outside and she's looking at me from the outside. So it's possible that that's what's going on too, is that I'm more, I, my resting bitch face isn't as <laughs> bitchy as it used to be. But um, and maybe that's what it is. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'll play devil's advocate to that because my heart and the hippie version of myself absolutely wants to hear what Lacey is saying because I, that's what you want in human beings and that's what you hope for. Most human beings aren't as cool as we are. They really are not, unfortunately. Um, it's just a fact that most humans are running on more of a negative type scale and they are positive. It's just the way that it is because to play that, that devil's advocate, I know you, I've been with you in public. I know you're RBF, but you've also known me and you've been with me in public. Who's the more friendly of the two to strangers? Oh, you for sure. I don't okay. know. I think you are. Yeah, right. No, I would agree. So, but that's yeah. my point is like, right. Both being yeah. in public as somebody who is you and somebody who's me being that person at that caliber and that body, it is different than in that body versus this body. So I can attest to that. I wish it was Lacey's answer, but I think it's more the thing we think it is. But it's not to say that I don't disagree with what she's saying because that was the other thing in my thought process was, well, of course your energy is different because now you're happier, now you're healthier, now you're lighter. Of course you're going to attract more of that. Um, but I do think that it's both things on the table. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like, we'll go into your hippie world for a little bit, but it's energies. You're putting energy out in the world. You're getting energy back, right? So the hippiness that I get from you, because <laughs> I'm not a hippie at all, but the hippiness that I get from you is, yeah, I mean, obviously, it can be a little bit of both. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but I love that you said that because I wasn't going to use the word energy on our podcast together. <laughs> So, so we're right there. We're right there. But that's actually one of my favorite things about what just happened there is that I love that you said that about me, your hippiness, because you wouldn't have said that about me in college. I was, that wasn't who I was, but it, it kind of was, it just wasn't who I got to live through my authenticity as, and you bringing to this table, like this conversation about intellect and being able for us to tie the two together where it is both woohoo-y and both also factual things. <laughs> that's what's, right. that's what's important about it is that people just forget how much of it is connected and it's both exhausting and relieving at the same time. Absolutely. But I'm not over here rubbing my rocks either. I don't have any. <laughs> you know, crystals over here. I don't have any crystals. I don't have any. I'm not that woohoo-y yet. I do have this, but that doesn't count. This is just a painted rock from my spiritual leader. So get out of my, <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So really, really, really good stuff. Now, um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Do you feel like, is there anything that you miss 
from the way things used to be? Um, <laughs> no, um, I can't, I mean, the only thing that I, I'm going to, I'm going to be 100% real and honest here. I do miss the feeling of the after the binge, um, the fullness of like, Hey, I just want to go to sleep. I just want to sleep so bad. So that's the addict in me. Like I want that feeling and I don't know that I'll ever feel that way a whole, I probably won't ever feel that way ever again. That is, but I do miss that feeling. That is so big that you said that because like, so I was just talking to a coaching client because that, that's kind of the reason she, I believe that's the reason that she came to me was the health and wellness stuff about it. And we talked about it in the very first coaching and then we had like two or three where she didn't touch it at all. And it was like other stuff going on in her life. And then like out of nowhere on our last coaching call, she's like, so by the way, I want to talk about this thing again. And I'm like, that doesn't surprise me because we haven't touched it in months. And so I know like it's kind of like her Everest per se, right? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like I, I love that you said that you don't miss anything because I don't, I can't say that I miss anything either because it, it needs to be this way. Like I shouldn't miss anything. Otherwise I know that I will definitely fall back into that thing. But, um, you know, with what I was speaking to her about is that, you know, like there truly is this conversation that should be had about the addiction side of it. And it's such a hard word to use because I obviously know that the sensitivity portion of that is that there are people out there that are suffering in hardcore addiction with illegal narcotics as well as things that, you know, can really tear their bodies apart in any way, shape or form. But that's what we neglect to really recognize is that nicotine is an addiction alcohol is an addiction but food is also an addiction and it's the fuel that we put into our body so we can't not ever eat right and so that, that that's difficult and what you're talking about is the actual chemical reaction of when i'm not feeling good or i want to feel a different way i want to shove my face until i'm so uncomfortable that physically my body feels different it's just like picking up a cigarette getting some nicotine, you just feel different. Even if it's just this much different, it's so tiny because it's nicotine, it still altered your state. And so what's kind of funny, well, I always say it's kind of funny to me is that you say that you'll never feel that way again. I'm like, well, I mean, I know I felt that way from alcohol or cannabis or something. It's a different state. It's not the same feeling because it's not the fullness feeling. But I mean, Oh, I mean, I, I know what you're talking about. That's that's the, oh, that's like I finished a turkey and I need my stretchy pants on. Like, I just want to lounge around and be a sloth thing. Yes, like, I don't want to have to think about anything. I'm just going to go to bed. There are two different, like like you said, you were talking about the, um, you know, alcohol and drugs and things like that. That's numbness. Mm -hmm. You're not numb when you're full. Um, so there, there's, I feel like that it, there is a difference there. And like you said, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, it's one of the things that the majority of the United States has a problem with is overeating and um, it is an addiction and it's probably the worst addiction that's out there, um, but you can't quit it. You can't just say I'm done. And um, I mean, my boyfriend and I have had this conversation over and over again. I mean, he is an addict as well, um, just of a different sort. and we have had that conversation of you can quit yours. You can say I'm walking away from alcohol. I cannot say I'm walking away from food. Um, so, I mean, that is has been and will be the hardest part of my journey. Um, and 
the fact that I can say that, yes, I do miss that to an extent. I miss that feeling. I don't miss the eating portion of it. I don't miss that food all that much. I can, I can still have chicken nuggets if I want to have a chicken nugget, but I'm not going to ever be able to get so full to the point where I want to pass out. I don't think that I will ever get to that point. Yeah, because I think Again. I think for me, like I'm, my thing, it kind of makes me sad a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the thing that's similar for me in that walk of life is that <laughs> it's like it's the um, it's it's the just not giving a shit kind of mentality of the. It's, it's hard to explain because it's just like the, the mindlessness, I guess, of the eating. Because now now that we know what we know, we yes. know we have to be conscious of everything that's going into our mouths. Right. The my, Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's the, I'm going to sit here in this parking lot and eat five cheeseburgers or whatever it is. And I'm going to go and I will go home and I'll act like I didn't have a meal and I'll eat that meal too, and then I'll pass out in my bed, and I nobody knows anything wiser, I except for me, right? And so, but now my conscious is so built up to where that's a problem. I'm gonna be beating up on myself, so I can't do that anymore. And that's why I'm saying I don't think that will ever happen again, is because I'm not going to allow that to ever happen again. Not because my body won't physically allow it, because let's be honest, my stomach will stretch out again if I continue to eat crappy, shitty stuff all the time. It's going to go back to where it was. It's that my mind won't allow me to do that again. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful for you because I, I know that for me, like, like what changed for me this year was the spirituality aspect that I brought into the way I feel about my body. So not even like weight loss, just about the way I feel about my body. And I am not as hardcore moving my body as I used to, and I'm definitely not as clean or eating as I used to, but the amount of relief that's come from the not, like you just said, like the not caring, there's a difference between not caring and being mindless. You know, like, like you had said, do I still stand in front of a chip bag and just shove my face sometimes? Absolutely. That still happens, but it also doesn't happen every day. It also doesn't happen only when I'm having my period. You know, like it's just, I'm here doing this thing and I understand I'm doing this thing. I'm not going to beat myself about it. I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I definitely am not going to have another bag tomorrow. It's that like guiltless understanding that today's just a day. And it hasn't ruined my life because that was, the, I be, truly believe the mentality I was carrying around with me all the time in the past. Oh yeah, 100%. And uh, sometimes I wasn't, I mean, I was never really guilty about what I was doing. Like you said, it's mindlessness. It's not, maybe not the not caring. It was definitely more mindlessness. There was times that I did care. There was times that I was on Weight Watchers and I cared that I was binging. It was just I didn't I didn't have the knowledge to know that one it was go, going to affect me for longer than just the next day because it's gonna affect the next meal that you choose too. So if you choose this bad meal, you're gonna choose the next bad meal, and if you continue down that cycle, it comes into years instead of days and things like that. So yeah, absolutely, and I I think that's the biggest hurdle that people have is the mental aspect of weight loss and that's why I always say it just in life in general that you need to talk to some a professional whether it's a, a coach of a sort like you or if it's a mental health specialist like you should be having 
one-on-one -on -one conversations with people that are not your family members and are not your friends. Right. Then they're removed from the situation. Because um, even your inner circle can do the best that they can. They have the best intentions. But you, I, I think what you're talking about, like somebody who's removed from the situation and who whose intention is to do those kinds of things for human beings, they have an ability to step outside, or at least this is what I can say about myself, is that I know that I've been able to separate um, any judgment or any any thought process that what worked best for me will work best for this person because that's not the process. It has to be what tools can I provide to this person so they can choose what works best for them because that's the only way it should stick because it's their journey, not mine. Yep, and only an educated person can do that. Because if you're not educated in how to talk to people and how different personalities work differently, then there's no way that you're going to be able to help someone because you won't be able to see those differences. So, yeah, I would agree with that too. I would agree, yeah. I've always been a fan. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do then now um, for like reward system or self-care or any of those things as you're going through this process? Um, I'll be honest, I don't do a whole lot. <laughs> when it comes to reward, like, Brandon and I just, I mean, because, gosh, COVID has ruined everything. Um, so we would normally take trips, do things like that. Um, even whenever I wasn't going through this process, that was one of our favorite things to do. We don't get to do that anymore. Um, so um, the movie theater just opened back up, so we started doing that um, again. And even if it's just a crappy movie that we've seen a thousand times, we went and saw um, Friday the 13th and um, all those old scary movies throughout October. So that was kind of fun that we got to do that. But um, I, I haven't bought new clothes. I'm getting hand-me-downs and things like that. So that's my goal is like that when I finally feel like I'm getting to a steady weight where I'm not going to be changing all the time, is I will buy a whole new wardrobe. I mean, that was something that I prided myself on before is I had a ton of clothes and I kind of had okay style so as a overweight lady so I would like to you know redo my whole closet mm. with new clothes but I haven't done so yet yeah well but you know like one it's obviously I mean you, if you've ever lost any amount of weight that's like the golden rule is that you shouldn't buy brand new stuff as you're transitioning and it's not like you are not getting amazing hand-me-downs from your dear friend Courtney anyway so that's good too but when you talk about like some self-care, it doesn't have to be about clothes buying. Like, I mean, I know our self-care used to be let's, let's treat ourselves to some amigos or something, but um, you're not doing anything. You're not like getting mani-pedis or like buying your new favorite like CD or, I mean, nobody buys CDs anymore, but you don't do anything. <laughs> I buy my favorite like VHS tape and I put it in and I watch it. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> I, no, I mean, honestly, like I said, with COVID, I mean, you can't do a whole lot of the main cutty. I haven't gotten a haircut. Well, I got one haircut since this whole process, um, but yeah, I haven't done a whole lot. And I will say this, this is one thing I didn't mention about the whole process. I have lost so much hair that my hair is so thin right now that I'm almost afraid to cut it because I don't, I don't want to lose my length because I have such long hair. Um, so that's another thing. Like, I don't want to go and cut off all my hair and all of that. So I don't know. I just have, I haven't done a lot. What's going on here? 
Oh, nothing. I was just I. Their music. Oh no, it's probably the fan from the computer. Sorry, like that happens from time to time. Because Jen's on Zoom. If you guys didn't catch that, so um, yeah, no, like I mean, like there's not there's not like there's a whole lot to do here in Lincoln either, especially with what's going on. Um, but. I like, like, I was just sharing this with a mom the other day. Like, one of my favorite things to do is, like, if I have to go run an errand, and this is not necessarily equates to the what you necessarily have to because similar lifestyles, but, like, I'll take the 15, 20-minute ride home when it's really just, like, the five-minute ride home and, you know, listen to my favorite audiobook or whatever and just do that for me or sit in the sun because I like to do that because I'm a lizard or whatever. But any of that quiet time for me is is self-care that's self-care reflection and uh, just slowing everything down but that's hippie me so the next thing i want to say is um now because like so this is what i talk about at my parties is that like one of the the client favorites is this product called firming cream and so it's supposed to lift firm and tighten because it has uh the ability to reduce the look of cellulite well, I like to tell ladies at the beginning, obviously I have a story about who I am and why I do what I do, but I include now this quarter life crisis I went through two years ago and getting right with myself and so on and so forth. But I intentionally talk about the fact that I've lost 80 pounds because then when I get into talking about the firming cream, I very much want them to know, I don't think you need this. I don't think that you do. But the reason I share that thing about the 80 pounds is because during the process of what I've been going through, I definitely needed to build some confidence and how I felt about myself and falling in love with my body because I just, well, I, I think falling in love with myself because it was a different type of feeling that I'd ever had before. So anyways, but the point of that is that like I tell ladies that you had to have some confidence, maybe it's potentially as you're falling in love with yourself. Um, and the point of the, that story was that because what I say is like my body has never looked weirder. It has never looked weirder than it does now because it's never going to bounce back after 35 years of living the way that I lived um, and being a 34 year old woman. It just cannot. So how do you feel about yourself now? Oh, I'm more confident than I've ever been. Um, but uh, I mean, obviously there's loose skin, 150 pounds and more to go. There's, there is loose skin. I've got, you know, tur turkey neck and stuff like that, that it's just there. And I do plan on at a certain point in time, having plastics and getting rid of the loose skin and whatnot, but financially right now, that's not in the, in the near future. Um, so I, I mean, I'm just going to live with it. Listen, I lived at 416 pounds. I'm going to live <laughs> with the loose skin. And um, uh, I, I have a longtime boyfriend who loves my body just the way it is and how it's changing. And listen, our sex life's never been better either. And that um, that's helpful too. So I, I'm feeling sexy and confident in that aspect. Um, and I guess I kind of want to touch just a little bit more on that self-care um, because you mentioned driving in the car for five minutes. So because of this step that, that I was doing, um, I started, I take my lunches and I have for years at my desk. I, um, I usually don't leave for lunch. Um, I bring in my own lunch, especially now that I've been on my uh, journey because, well, I can't eat fast food. So I, said whenever I started this step that, that I'm going to go on my break, my lunch break and go on my, my walks. So that, I guess that's my self-care. That's my time by myself. Every once in a while I'll call Brandon, but majority of the time I just take it by myself. So, um, I think it's, 
that is my self-care. I, I didn't think of that until you said that, though. Well, I'm so glad that you brought it up, though, because I think that that's, you know, like, because when when you were answering the question and I'm asking you, are you doing mani-pedi? I'm like, bitch, you ain't doing any of those either. <laughs> so, like, it is important to kind of, like, shift that perspective on what self-care can be because... I am just as fulfilled doing those things than I was getting a Manny and Petty. And I think that's important to know. Um, and the last thing I just want to say about the body thing is that, like, because I might have given the impression, like, I mean, like, it does look weird because you're right. Like, it's loose skin. Um, but I've never felt more confident, just like you had mentioned. And I think that's such an important point to drive home is because I think, like, I, and Jen can vouch for this. Like, one of the things that I honestly thought for the longest time about myself is that I was going to get breast implants. You and I talked about that in such great depth. It was such an insecurity of mine growing up um, that I really thought that I would. And so here I sat with awkward looking chest and arms and tummy and legs and everything now. And I don't think I'll ever do it now. And, and that's only because it's only because of where I'm at in recognizing that. And, and granted, like, I mean, we can actively say that I had less weight to lose and you, you did. So... I, I mean, I could suspect that if I was catching my arm skin in a door, I would probably have the surgery. <laughs> but um, but it, it also does, you know, it just comes from just feeling where you feel. So, like, I just, I, I just think this has been a really great conversation because, again, lap band surgery for me didn't feel so successful. Surgery for you felt amazing. Over here, probably not having skin surgery. Over there, probably going to do it. Over here, not working out as much as I was. Over there, you're still working out so hardcore. So, it's such an important thing to find people that you can align with who can support you and recognize how important it is for you to feel better because there's not a wrong way to do it. There's so many ways you can, but I'm just so proud of you and how far you've come. I just, I, I just, I'm so grateful that we have been able to keep our friendship as strong as we have, even though we're so far apart because being able to watch you has just been, it fills my cup. Like it's just it's such a great thing. Oh, well watching you fills my cup in multiple other ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say that um, if anybody is thinking about weight loss surgery or whatever, they've heard both of our stories, um, that if they do go to my Instagram, it talks about my whole journey. I show my meals, I show my workouts, I show everything on there, but there's a whole community there too. So if it's something that you're thinking about, I would go that direction. That's what helped me stay with my consistency and it's also helped me make my decision too so if yeah. you're in that process that would be a good way to reach out is get on instagram and look yeah tell them again where can they find you at reinventing underscore jen j-e-n-n that's right that's right um, and i would encourage that too because um as as somebody who has been in this position I would never tell anybody not to because my story is just one and majority of the human beings that I know or have been associated to that had this type of surgery, it was quote unquote more successful for them than it was for me. So it's still an avenue. It's still an option. Um, it's helped save so many lives. Um, so make sure that you just, just find what works best for you for sure. So I want to thank my best friend, Jen, so much for being a part of this. Um, it is, it's been fun. It's, I hope that you come back for another one and, um, I'm sure Anderson appreciates you filling in for her. <laughs> yes. I want to see that baby Anderson. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we'll tune out. We'll be back next week for another podcast as well. So I appreciate each and every one of you for being here. If you got some value from this, make sure again, you do share because it makes you beautiful. It's a fact. You don't have to put it on their Facebook wall. You can get into their DMs. You can use the link and put it into a text message. However, you, a VHS tape, apparently. <laughs> do it. 
whatever it is, whatever it is. All right. Fantastic. Thanks so much for everything, guys. I appreciate you. Stay happy, still healthy. Wash your hands. I already said that, but do it again and have a great day. Bye-bye.